0: Welcome, everyone, to another edition of Wrestling to the Max's NXT review for September 20th, 2017. And we are brought to you by W2Mnet.com. That's right, the place where you go find all your great wrestling content and a lot more. Hey, go make sure you subscribe at Wrestling to the Max as well. If you go do that, you'll get everything that we have to offer, like this review show, plus Raw, SmackDown Live, 205 Live, and everything else under our umbrella. We'll also give you our regular episodes of Wrestling to the Max, Part 1 and Part 2, Plus, you know, guess what? We're also joined up with 411mania.com as well as... Last word on ProWrestling.com. Both are great, awesome sites, and we want you to go check them out as well. And, of course, once again, they are big supporters of ours, and we appreciate it. Hey, and make sure you also think about going over to the W2M Network and subscribe, rate, and review there as well. Because not only will you get this great show, but you'll also get shows like Wrestling Unwrapped and other great places to go find wrestling. So we want to make sure we give a shout-out to all those guys as well. Uh, I am Gary Vaughn, and, of course, your host tonight, like always, Mr. Paul Leeser. hey And, Paul, we've got an NXT that I am ready to talk about. We've got one special part of the
1: show that I can't wait to dive into. But, of course, you know, we'll go in order. Uh, But I'm ready to do this thing, man. Yeah, let's just dive right in here, too, because they open, they waste no time coming out. Johnny Gargano takes on Tino Sabatelli, who uh, saw his tag team partner, Riddick Moss, fall to Johnny last week. And, naturally, Tino comes up much the same way, Uh, really tries to focus on Johnny's shoulder, doesn't really have uh, anything to show for it, though, at the end, because he ends up tapping out to the Gargano escape.
0: You know, this is a match that I think they kind of, in a way, mirrored that match we saw last week with Moss and Gargano. But I think mm-hmm. Moss got a little bit more, if you ask me, right? I agree. I, I think it was an interesting factor compared to this. Sabatelli got some, and of course, you know, he had his opportunities to to look like, you know, he belonged in the ring. Uh, but it, it was much more on this side of, hey, you're getting your chance, but Gargano's more dominant here. Compared to last week, I felt like Riddick Moss, I mean, he controlled almost the entire match of his Gargano finding a way to win that match, and this mm-hmm. is just a little different, which they needed to be different if they wanted us to really care, right? I mean, you do the same basic match two weeks in a row, I think people are like, oh, God, what the, What are they doing? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's nice they had that change of pace, but I, I mean, I don't know what to really think about this. This is fine. You know, we, of course, once again, we talked about this last week, Sabatelli, Moss, They're a tag team. we got to get a chance to know them, so why not put them against a guy like Gargano, who's not in a major feud right now. Mm -hmm. At least he's doing something that helps them. I'm okay with this. I don't know about you.
1: I'm fine with this, too, right? I mean, Moss and Sabatelli aren't really doing much right now. I think Gargano's playing... They're playing the long game with Gargano, essentially. They're either waiting for Ciampa to come back or waiting for whatever they're doing, which we'll talk about later, to sort of heat up some more, so... I think doing this with Gargano right now is fine and uh I mean I'm sure everybody wants him to be challenging for the NXT title right now but I think uh doing this makes much more sense to me. Yeah. I
0: I'm right there with you. I really, you know, think it's fine for Gargano and I I think that you know he has a bright future. He's got lots of things heading his way. I think the interesting part about this though it is about Sabatelli. It is about Moss. Those two guys watching what they can do kind of really, in a way, trying to find what direction that NXT wants to go with these guys. That's my biggest question. I know they're a tag team, but are we, uh, you know, going to, after this, hopefully get a chance to see them tag up and see what they can do? And not only that, how impressed are you with either guy? Are you impressed
1: at all? I, I don't know about you. Riddick didn't really do a lot for me last week. I think he showed he still has a lot of growing to do, a lot of learning I think Tino has the better look. I think Tino's a little bit more crisper in the ring. I know he's been there a lot longer than Riddick has too, so that's probably where that's coming from. But I think Tino is the stronger half of this team, especially when it comes to promos too. He does most of the talking. I think he's pretty decent at it. Yeah, I think you're right.
0: I think he is. And, you know, I think there's opportunities for both those guys, but, you know, this may be a situation where they're going to kind of pick what they're better at, and, and, of course, you know, go with it. Like, kind of like we saw, and, and I mentioned about Riddick Moss last week, he kind of reminded me of Big Caz in a way, right? Mm-hmm. He's a bigger guy. He, he comes in kind of, not not really dominates per se, but, I mean, he comes in with that swag of, I'm the big guy, I'm going to do what I can do. Uh, I think that's kind of what he brings out when you compare him even to Savatelli, who's not a small guy himself. Yeah. So I I just kinda gathered that from him. I think Moss carries himself very well. But you're right. That he's still kind of vanilla. He's still just kind of a creator wrestler at the moment. He he got some moves under his belt, but he's not doing anything just to blow you away. And Sabatelli, he's got that charisma about him, but we're still learning. We're still trying to find our way with him and same with him with us, right? So yeah. I, I, I like these guys. I'm just I'm ready to see what they can do after this whole thing.
1: I really hope they look much stronger as a tag team because so their single stuff so far hasn't really been too impressive. But yeah, there uh, there might be something on the horizon to fix that. We don't know if the Dusty Rose Classic is going to happen yet or not this year. So uh, we go backstage. Roderick Strong meets with William Regal, uh, saying that he did what he set out to do. He beat Bobby Roode, and now he wants a championship match with. Uh, Drew McIntyre, to which William Regal agrees with and says that will take place in two weeks, so get all excited for that, folks. Uh, You have commentary talking about the women's division, we get to see Asuka vacating the title again, and then that leads us into a Sonia Deville promo who says that Asuka left because she knew she would lose to her uh, and says that the title might as well already be around her waist, which, uh, I don't know about there, Sonia, but that takes us to Bianca Belair taking on Lacey Evans, I really enjoyed this. This is probably two of the brighter prospects within the Performance Center that uh, they basically built up from the ground. Bel Air, we got a great chance to see what she could do in the Mae Young Classic, if you haven't watched that yet. Lacey Evans, I think, did very well for herself there as well. And I think this was really good as well. They go back and forth, everything is solid. Bianca has just a ton going for her. I think Lacey does too. Uh, I just, you know, Bianca, I think, is the one WWE is much higher on right now.
0: And for good reason, right? Watching the Mae Young Classic, I mean, uh, and of course I listened to you, Harry, and of course Patrick, talk about this in depth. And if you guys have not listened to it, make sure you go check out That May Young Classic review show that these guys did—it was amazing. Uh, You know, if you're not yet in tune with the May Young Classic stuff, go watch it on the network and then listen to these guys do it. I mean, it's it's really cool. Uh, But you guys touched on Bianca Belair. Y'all kept talking about how she was one of the most outstanding performers, and I'm in agreement with you guys. And I think it proved itself once again in this. I think you know, seeing her there in NXT, seeing her when you know Lacey Evans, who we've seen plenty of times on NXT, ride been a regular mainstay on that show, and I I think she held her own, and I think actually very impressive. Again, I think both these ladies have great opportunities ahead of them if Mm -hmm. they stay on the same pace, and you know, uh, Belair actually may hop over Evans though. I, I think that she may find her way getting to maybe a title shot sooner than Evans because it just seems like comes with a charisma it has that, of course the hair whip thing that's going to get over with a crowd. I have a feeling, but mm-hmm. <laughs> especially the people that haven't seen her yet. So th- there's so much going for her and I'm, I'm really happy for both of them, but I think Belair ha- has something special and we'll have to kind of continue on and wait, and, you know, wait it out. But I think there's a lot of positives coming out of this match, even though it wasn't the best match in the world. I think at least they showed
1: you some good things and you see the momentum I think for two people who have not been wrestling very long for them to come out and, and this match is only four minutes still too and I, I mm-hmm. you know but they they came out and made it look pretty effortless I think Bianca is doing her stuff Lacey gets her stuff and uh, they're basically out in that time they both look great. I'm sure they've had a lot of practice with each other. They're, they look very comfortable, obviously. I'm sure working in the performance center a lot together. And I don't know. I think uh, I need to see the other half of the equation. I do think highly of Bianca, just as far as her ring work, has gone so far. But we haven't seen any promos from them yet. I could absolutely see Bianca just maybe getting pushed to the main roster in the same way that Alexa Bliss did, right? Before it really looked like she was ready for the big time. They, they put her in that limelight and just see what happens
0: you know it's funny you say that because you're right we haven't heard besides when they kind of did the interviews for the may young classic you haven't really heard any promos from either um but you've heard in the may young classic a little bit about them you know their lives blah 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 so you're right you've got that component we really don't know a lot about yet for them um it, it's it i I see it, though. I, mm. I see what that's why I was talking about. It. I could definitely see her hopping over Evans for that whole chance to maybe get a title shot. But you're right. No, maybe Air does move to the main roster without even worrying about a title shot. But I still think right now as it sits, even though it's a shorter time span, I could definitely see that hop, like you're saying, to somewhere greater at the moment. And I think part of it's that Street Fighter thing. <laughs> Like I said, with the hair, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's something. that's a weird thing, but I think that they're going to grab onto it. And I think once Vince, if Vince hasn't already seen it, Vince is going to be like, "I want that. I want yeah. that now." <laughs> so, some good things coming out of that. Um, I, I do want to touch on the the, the videos, though. With the, you know, of course, I want to talk about really quickly. Got a guy. Um, Rock like Roderick Strong coming in and of course you know asking for the title shot and getting his opportunity from William Regal. Mm-hmm. The one thing I want to say about that really quickly is good job on them for doing the camera angle. They did the classic camera angle that WWE always does to make people look bigger and better. That's what they did here for him. I mean, he looked like he was taller than William Regal. I mean, so, unless he is, I don't think he was though. He you know, Roderick's not the tallest guy in the world, so yeah. They kind of made him look – I don't know if you noticed that, Paul. I, I kind of noticed they did that little camera trick for us. So, um, I don't know. But anyway, I just wanted to point that out. And uh, the one thing that I do want to say is I'm with you. I think it's funny. They are still pushing Sonya. They still want her to be something special. And that's great. That's fine. I guess especially for the fact that we we don't have Shayna Baszler signed anywhere. Um, to wB right? She's not on the main roster. She's not on NXT. So right now, Sonya is the MMA girl. So they're going to continue pushing that. I'm really kind of curious about that, too. I know you're not really super enthralled with Sonya, and I'm not saying that I'm over the moon for her or anything, but I- I'm just kind of curious why they like her so much.
1: Well, we'll talk about Shayna Baszler on our main W2M episode because her uh, contract situation has since changed. <laughs> oh, see, yeah. I missed it. Okay, see, there <laughs> you go. Breaking news for Gary. I have not paid attention. And uh, I, I didn't notice the production trick, but you're right, they do do that often. I didn't think Roderick was really, I figured he'd be about the same height as William. So uh, maybe they had him in lifts or something. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Okay, so the reason I
0: brought that up at all, and I just kind of no sold it because I, but anyway, Lars, I. That was my problem because I thought, man, they really should have made Lars look bigger versus what William Regal looked. And then all of a sudden I look at Roderick Strong and on the camera and I'm like, is he taller than William Regal? There's no way he's taller than William Regal. So anyway, I just thought that was interesting.
1: Uh, yeah, i have uh, touching on Sonya and, and maybe talking more about the women's division here too, just in general. I don't know if Sonya is going to be what they want her to be. I think she has the look. I don't know if she has the in-ring ability yet. I think that's sort of where I'm not really connecting with her all that well. I do, however, feel like that they have all these acts in the women's division now that they've cultivated and have had some time to build up into something like a Nikki Cross, like an Ember Moon, like the iconic duo, like uh, Sonya to a certain extent. And you could even argue maybe Bianca and Lacey to a certain extent as well. And maybe they're ready to go back to a women's division by committee instead of the headliner fighting off everybody else, you know? Um, And and it's certainly, I think, in the coming weeks, we're going to see that I think that's sort of where they are at.
0: See, but that makes me happy. Mm -hmm. And and I'm very happy about that because of this reason. We can add more people to the picture, which means we get a variety, which also means that I'm not stuck with the same storyline for months and months, and then we get to change it over to something new for months and months. Now we're getting an opportunity to see maybe different acts, different people from different, you know, walks of life contending for that NXT women's title. Mm -hmm. And I think that's going to make us care about so many more people. It's going to give us that diversity. I think that a lot of people crave Oscar was amazing, right? I mean, how could you not like Oscar? Right. But the problem we had was like you mentioned, we had four people in the picture and one of them was a the champ. That's not good enough. I, I think NXT is here for a reason and it's to give us something different to give us that variety. And so that was the only thing. Sometimes I kind of got bogged down just having the same rotation. I, I'm excited about something new. I'm excited about having new talent come and be in front of us. And for us to
1: have maybe three or four people are rooting for instead of just one or two. Right. I, I left out Ruby riot too, but I mean, I think a lot of people are still sort of yearning for when uh, the four horsewomen were ruling the roost in NXT, and that was essentially still a four person outfit. You just had everything all tied up together. Uh, and maybe mm-hmm. they're working towards that again. Uh, and to say that I didn't enjoy Asuka would just be flat out false, because Asuka herself is just walking different, you know, wherever she goes, just because the way she wrestles and her unique look and all these other things. Um, I, I think what they're going for is very much a a actual fuller division than maybe we've ever seen in NXT since the women's revolution started. Yeah, you're exactly right. And that's
0: what I'm looking forward to. And, you know, it just seems so much different, right? It was, mm-hmm. Since Asuka's been... With NXT, it just changed a little bit. They were so much more domineering with Asuka. And then, and, and, like I said, they kind of minimized that roster of women. Whereas when the four horsewomen were in power, it seemed like they still had an influx. It didn't feel like it was just the four, if you ask me. They were big parts of it. And yes, they kind of rolled the roost, but I still felt like we saw other people involved besides just them. So, mm-hmm. and th- nonetheless, I-, I think that there's a bright future
1: right now for this division. I absolutely agree with you entirely on that. So uh, let's move along to this, which I'm sort of interested to get your thoughts on because Alistair Black is, is going to speak for the first time here. He's got on a cool suit. He... I think maybe talks differently than if you've never heard him do a promo before, uh, very unexpectedly than what you might be, you know, expecting, uh, just because I think people are sort of like Lashley, right? Whenever Lashley talks, he doesn't have a voice that matches the, the persona. I think Alistair kind of has that a little bit too, but the way he handles himself and the way he speaks, uh, despite his voice, I think is very, uh, conducive to what he wants to accomplish as far as this gimmick goes. Especially when it talks about about how how far he's traveled, everything he's done in the business. He's been wrestling for 15 years. He's traveled the world. He's experienced so many things. And they've manifested themselves as these scars on his skin and tattoos, uh, like the heart on his throat or the demon on his back and everything else in between. And this brings out the Velveteen Dream who says that Alistair is sort of blinded by the light that he has created uh, since he has been you know, in the darkness for so long. And the dream doesn't really see what everybody else is seeing. He's only just seeing lies written across Alistair Black uh, and says that Alistair is really just afraid of him and afraid to be what he is. Uh, and finally, Alistair has enough of what he's saying and Black masses is the microphone. Out of his hand, which is just really cool looking, <laughs> and uh, does this little meditative po- pose. And then the Velveteen Dream gets on uh, all fours and looks like he might kiss him before backing away. This actually got the crowd pretty hot. I, I'm i more interested to hear what you have to think about all this, though.
0: <laughs> uh, definitely wasn't expecting the Velveteen Dream. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the honest truth. And do I like this? I can't say that I do. Uh, okay, so just to, I'm going to start on the Velveteen Dream stuff, and then I'll get on to talking about what I really care about. Um, the, the, the reason I'm not sold on the Velveteen Dream thing is because Alistair Black, to me, feels like a big deal. Mm-hmm. The, the Velveteen Dream does not. In, in a massive way, he does not feel like a big deal to me. And that is a yin and yang I don't really care for because why am I seeing the Velveteen dream in here to basically get killed? <laughs> <laughs> hey, do you understand where I'm coming from? I, I feel like we're watching Asuka in the ring and, and the next thing you know, they send in a woman, uh, well, I'm trying to think of a, a star. Uh, they send out, you know, I don't know, I hate picking on her, but maybe Liv Morgan. You, you know, she doesn't have a shot like mm-hmm. it's it's given it, it, there's, there's no way right why, why are they even doing this that's kind of why I feel about Velveteen Dream it, does it help him uh, maybe maybe it kind of furthers that character like you said it kind of like using a kick kick kiss you know Alistair Black or whatever I just don't know I, I'm a little bit torn on if I should like this I, I'm leaning more on the side of this didn't care but I kind of hated it in a way um, so that's my opinion about that uh, Alistair Black, I understand what he's coming from and, and all the things you just explained about the tattoos and all that. Being very soft-spoken, you're right. Bobby Lashley was that guy. Everybody expected a big, deep voice out of Bobby Lashley, and it ended up being a little voice. Mm-hmm. And, and that turned a lot of fans off at made people kind of look at him differently and that's the way it works i, I don't know I, I here's my problem i've always been like this with bigger guys or mysterious people i would rather them not talk that's just me i, I just don't need to hear them talk because I, their persona speaks for itself that's why i've always felt I, I always looked at you know luke harper as a guy that just never needed to talk he, he's he's cr- creepy looking if i's stood outside my car door and then closed it and looked out the window and saw his face, I'd be screaming mm-hmm. because, I mean, he's menacing. He's kind of terrified. I don't need to hear him talk. And I think the same way for Aleister Black. Now, I've never heard him when he was Tommy in on the indies. I've never heard his speeches, anything that he kind of came out with, some of the cryptic stuff I'm sure he shared on the indie circuit. I may be more impressed with that stuff. The stuff here is not bad. I just don't know what am I, I'm supposed to get out of it. That's my problem. And that, that's a big deal for me because I love Alistair Black. I think a lot of the guy. What am I supposed to be, get out of him kind of talking about his story? Am I supposed to be sympathetic? I don't want to be sympathetic towards the guy. I want to be scared of the guy.
1: Mm-hmm. I think that's fair. Uh, and I don't think you're going to get a baby face. Uh, In this day and age in the WWE, he was out to try to scare you, unfortunately, because that's where Alistair very much is right now, especially after this. Uh, I do, however, supposed to think that we're supposed to believe that he is a satanic version of the Fonz. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Hey. Yes. (laughs) And that he has, clearly he has some otherworldly aura about him, but He's cool, right? I mean, he does all these neat things. He, uh, I mean, he spin kicked a microphone out of the man's hands, for God's sakes, instead of just slapping it like a normal human being would. And, you know, he's got all these cool tattoos and some of them are, uh, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, allude to bigger things than just cool tattoo stories, right? Um... I think the dream, what they're going for is sort of the same vein that they've presented Goldust uh, in that he he's supposed to just be different to throw you off, right? And that's the feeling I got from him. I don't know if I was necessarily sold on this. I do, however, think this is them throwing him into the deep end against a big star to see what he has, right? Because we've only seen him in squash matches. We haven't mm-hmm. got to see him really go full bore in a match that matters and really see if they can, you know, pull something off. Great, and I know Alistair can. I've seen it many times. I don't know if the Dream can, and I think that's sort of where WWE's at.
0: Yeah, and, and you know, I, I kind of look at this as a situation where I still have yet to see anything from the Velveteen Dream that makes me want to be excited or giving him any props. And I, and I hate to say it that way because. I want his dream to come true. I I want this guy to be able to have his opportunity to, to basically be a WWE superstar. It's just, I just don't like the gimmick. I want him to go back to being Patrick Clark. (laughs) I just am not thrilled about it. I I don't know if I will ever be happy with it. Mm -hmm. Aleister Black on the other side is, is I'm not going to say the word unimpressed. I'm not unimpressed with him as, Oh, I'm trying to get the right vocabulary. I, I, I want to see him come out and not talk about his life, where he's been. I don't need him to tell me about his tattoos. I just want to see him. I want to think that this guy is a mysterious person. But at the same time, if they want to have him talk, which they will, you don't get away with it these days in the WWE, you have to talk.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think what we could get from that is a Clint Eastwood type guy. If he wants to play it that route, and I would be completely happy with that. So if he's a man of few words, if he's a guy that basically says his piece very shortly in a very low tone, he doesn't have to have a deep voice. He doesn't have to have a scary voice. He just has to have a voice that gets down to business. And I think that that would be right along with his character because he's got that satanic thing going on. He's mysterious. All that. I don't know if you agree with that, Paul, but that that's kind of the way I would love to see him go, be more of a Clint Eastwood type of guy.
1: I'm really curious if maybe what they did with Bray Wyatt and his, I don't want to say lack of success, but he certainly hasn't panned out, I think, the way WWE wanted to, and not they only have themselves to blame. But I wonder if they look at that and they don't want to repeat that with Alistair here because that, that the allegory is certainly there as far as demonic otherworldly, bad juju, whatever term you want to use. There, there's there's something wrong with the guy, right? And they present that to you, I think, in just basically any way they can um, with the way they present his name whenever he comes out to, to basically the way he comes to the ring. And I wonder if this was almost a step to see if you could connect with him on that level that's not based around that. Because they don't want him to have to rely on that like Bray Wyatt sort of has.
0: That's a good point. That really is a good point. And I don't know yet. I mean, this is one sample. Mm -hmm. So if they got a lot out of it, good for them. Myself, I didn't get enough. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And right now, I don't know if I even like it. What I do know, though, is... Once again, you're right. Bray Wyatt has become something that, well, let's be honest, is completely different than what he started. We're not happy with it. I I don't know if we ever will be uh, because it's just not the way we ever liked seeing him. What's the cool thing about this situation is Alistair Black, once again, doesn't have to be like Bray, doesn't have to Mm -hmm. speak for uh, 15 minutes about the stars and the moon and how, you know, the walls will come crumbling down on you. He doesn't have to say all that. All he has to say is a few things, even if it is towards that satanic or that dark realm. He just has to say a few things and be done with it and then just show you what he is. And I think that that would work perfectly. That's not WV style, though. So I'm just throwing my hopes and dreams out there. Um, so you're right though. This is more of an experience thing to see what he can do to see if they like it, they don't like it. But, you know, if I was booking this segment, just let's talk about this segment really quickly. If I was booking this segment, the way I would have done it is once he was, you know, not wanting to hear what the Velveteen Dream had to say, and he did the black Mass. I would have loved the lights to shut her down and just to have a single light, kind of like Bray, but not the same. A single light on Alistair Black, as if, well, he controls the room. He controls everything. He's just—he's got that spiritual side about him. I, I think that would have been kind of cool. That's just me. Yeah,
1: I mean, I think there was going to be something more. Obviously, the way he's going to say like those scars or whatever. How, there's, there's going to be more to that. I think down the road. Right now, though, you have somebody who, uh, in the dream, who doesn't believe in anything that he's saying. Honestly, the Velveteen Dream didn't even say much. He could have just gotten a few words out before Alistair was done hearing it and spin kicked him in the face. I would have been fine with that, too. (laughs) (laughs) Who wouldn't be, right? I mean, that would be beautiful.
0: (laughs) Um, The one thing good that could come out of this, right, Paul, is the Velveteen Dream is going to talk, and he's going to talk, and he's going to talk, and he's going to talk. Alistair Black has things to say. He could finish that speech Mm -hmm. and do it and basically say look you didn't let me finish but let me tell you what these scars are about and then go on and talk about maybe some of those darker things if we are going to go that route i don't know how much wb is going to go that route but he can get into them then and maybe
1: i'll change my mind completely on this whole thing yeah like i said it's the first segment i think we just got to give some time to breathe but Mm. uh Let's move on. We have Lars Sullivan and Noah Jose. We get a video package of everything they've gone through as their match is coming up next. But first we get this video package from Dakota Kai, uh, who talks about basically how she might look the part of somebody who you wouldn't expect to go out there and kick somebody's face and watch it implode inside into their head and all that good stuff. But she is, and that's what she's going to do, and she's going to do everything it takes to make sure she becomes the next NXT Women's Champion. Uh, Dakota Kai Evie whatever you want to call her she's a wonderful talent if you only seen her in the me classic I still think you got a pretty solid picture of her uh, if you haven't her work in Shimmer and basically everywhere else is just absolutely stellar uh, I I'm a huge fan of hers I really hope she becomes a big player in the NXT women's division and WWE in general um, she's just A terrific talent, and I can't wait to see her actually show up in NXT and start getting involved in all the pictures and everything. Yeah, I'm
0: right there with you. And I think it's going to be really cool to see that transition from the Mae Young Classic to a full time NXT schedule and seeing how they present her and, you know, put her in this picture, right? Mm-hmm. Because we've got a lot of new talent. Let's see how they all shake out. I think she'll definitely do well. And the better competition that we're getting now means so much more. Uh, I think it's going to mean so much better matches, so much better variety.
1: All spells good things. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, and then we get to this match with Lars Sullivan, and No Way Jose, where Lars just absolutely annihilates No Way Jose, who basically this goes down like the segment they have last week. No Way Jose gets in a few moves. Uh, they appear a little bit effective. It's just not enough. Lars just dominates him with a big shoulder tackle and hits a flying headbutt, which I was not expecting anybody to ever do again. But here comes a giant ass man off the top rope doing it. And then he has that big slam to finally put him away. A little
0: surprised to see that move as well, Paul. Mm -hmm. I thought that was never going to be done again. I really felt that way. Um, Heck, I'll be honest with you. I figure for probably 25 years we wouldn't see the crossface ever again. Um, But we got that sooner than I expected too. Mm -hmm. So who knows what they're doing. Maybe they found ways to, to get around that. Maybe they have a different philosophy. But once again, a little surprised. I, all that matters to me, though, is Lars looks great in this match. I, I think Noe Jose was a great opponent for him, only because of the fact you you, you saw that Noe Jose is a big fan favorite. Mm-hmm. You, you got a chance to see someone actually kind of knock Lars uh, around a little bit, and maybe not a lot, because he was kind of dominated. But at least you got a chance to see Lars take on someone who is of value, who people actually are invested in, and has a, a pretty good offensive skill set. So. Mm-hmm. Really, really happy with this. I think Lars came out looking like a million bucks. i I'd still say no way hey, Jose looks good as well, even though he wasn't really particularly you know, the guy with a lot of the offense here. So I'm mm-hmm. I, I, I still am in favor of what they're doing with Lars. I think that they're on the right track. And I, I'm really curious to see exactly where they're going with him. But at the moment, I think definitely an awesome job. And he's still a scary mofo, if you ask me.
1: Uh him roaring after he won the match might have been the most frightening thing I've ever seen from him uh, since he's shown up on our NXT TV screens. Just the man looks like a Neanderthal... Who's been time displaced and is very angry about it? So.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, you're you're not wrong on that. I mean, he looks like he honestly looks like he's straight out of a comic book, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, out of one of the biggest villains in the comic book history or something like that. He he has that look about him. He, if you're standing behind him in Walgreens and he turns around after buying his stuff, you're like, oh god! <laughs> yeah, he just looks like a menace. Even though he could be the nicest guy, he probably goes home and reads poetry. <laughs>
1: God, we don't need another big man reading poetry like Heidenreich did. Oh. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Good point, Paul.
1: Uh, Speaking of weird, in 2017, in a WWE-themed show, you have Ring of Honor stalwarts Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly taking on the UK's maybe most popular tag team at Mustache Mountain inside a WWE ring, and they get 10 minutes and it's damn good, unsurprisingly, and my brain just didn't know how to comprehend not only seeing both these teams in the ring, but watching Adam Cole get on the apron and do his pose and not having streamers fly at him. Like it, was, it just, it hasn't, it's, it's not real yet, Gary.
0: <laughs> I, I'm right there with you. It does definitely feel odd the way that this is working out because... This is not a WWE match. This is something you see on the indies (laughs) (laughs) or in a a ring of honor. Uh, This is really cool. This is what excites you because all the new talent that we heard about for a long time coming is finally here. And they're finally in the ring together. And we're seeing these amazing matches And, you know, we're going to get a chance to see more. And and not that this was over the top, but I still thought this was a very well done match. You could tell that, you know, you had the quality tag teams invested and just really doing their job in this match. And I was really happy to see that. Red Dragon, I just I'm so happy they're together again. Mm -hmm. I was kind of worried they were going to separate those guys. I'm glad they're together. And, you know, seeing what they're doing here, I mean, I, I want to see more already. I, I'm ready to see it. I can't wait to see Adam Cole actually get in the ring and do some things himself as well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, this was a great main event, man. I, I can't lie. I really enjoyed seeing these teams work it out. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I just I can't say much more. But, I mean, I was it, was it was thrilling to see it. But, you know, once again, I think we've got bigger and better stuff in the future than this.
1: Right, Uh, so we have Cole finally have enough of his boys getting their tail kicked by Mustache Mountain. He goes and grabs Bait off the apron, takes him to the floor, and destroys him with a super kick, which allows Red Dragon to capitalize on Seven, who they just basically destroy with a total elimination, Uh, which I don't know if I'm okay with them getting rid of chasing the dragon, but I'm always a fan of total elimination, so uh, Red Dragon do get the win here. Uh, they're in the ring celebrating together when Drew McIntyre comes out. He's still pissed off from their attack on him from TakeOver. Uh, he heads to the ring, and they decide to bail through the crowd like they have been. However, Sanity show up. They, um, they appear from behind them. Uh, the Undisputed Era turn around, and we have ourselves a big old brawl. Some of them make their way back into the ring to where McIntyre can attack them. However, they still manage to escape. And this very, very much paints a picture of... Like, it's these guys versus NXT, and with some of the signings we know they have, plus some of the guys on the roster, this could turn into a huge angle going into next year. And and not only, I mean, obviously the rest of this year for sure, but going into next year too, um, it could really heat up.
0: Oh, I can't. I can't tell you how much I'm excited about this. <laughs> this is something that's going to be really awesome if it does go that route and, and it works out the right way, because some of the talent that we haven't yet have yet to be seen is super great, right? I mean, th- these are some people that I think we're all going to be thrilled about seeing when they finally show up, and uh, you know, uh, they don't call it Ring of Honor, but Ring of Honor versus NXT is what I like to call it, even mm-hmm. though it's not the name. I think it's special. I think it means something. Uh, and I'm sure, you know, the people over at ring of honor aren't thrilled about it, but I'm, I'm happy about it.
1: You know, I mean, they've, um, they've said on multiple occasions, uh, at least the higher ups over there, they're kind of happy with their spot just because, you know, you get to see all these guys that go on and succeed on a huge stage. And it's not like ring of honor, small potatoes anymore. So um, I, you're not going to have to wait long to see Adam Cole wrestle Gary. He's going to be on the show next week. Uh, and there's, a lot more ahead of us for sure, and I can't cannot wait to talk about it.
0: Yeah, same here, and uh, I definitely don't want to give anything away myself when it comes to some of those other signees. But we've talked about them plenty of times, but. You know, I, I'm just ready for, you know, when they pop up on my screen and I'm not expecting it, I'm telling you, I'm going to be thrilled. So, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, there you go. And I think Sanity, you know, doing their thing here, it makes all sense in the world, right? Sanity has been biding their time. They've been wanting to get some payback as well. So it's kind of funny to see Sanity as the baby face here.
1: In yes.
0: <laughs> I don't know how you could call them baby faces, but here they are. Uh, so this is an interesting dynamic, dynamic, and this is what you have when you have feuding groups and you know people having to get along. And if you know you guys are watching Impact Wrestling, that's happening over there on that show with a few guys as well. So hey, I, this is a classic wrestling thing, and I, I love it when it happens. To be honest with you, so if we're getting in here. Yeah, that's our NXT, uh, Paul. And we got some big things happening next week, of course, on this show, and we'll be looking forward to that. Uh, but until next time, we're going to be getting out of here and just remind you really quickly here WTubnet.com. Go check it out. Also, go subscribe. Rate and review at Wrestling to the Max. You'll get all of our great shows. Of course, our regular episodes of Wrestling to the Max will be on there as well, which you'll really enjoy because tonight we'll be getting into some of that big news. And it costs. of course, you know, like Paul alluded to, we'll have some Shayna Baszler talk on tonight's episode. So make sure you go check that out. That'll be, of course, episode 265, part two. And uh, make sure you go search out... 411media.com, as well as Last Word on Pro wrestling.com. Both sites are really great. Got wrestling and, of course, a lot more of the great stuff on those sites, along with W2Mnet.com. And, uh, you know, basically, uh, we appreciate you joining us once again, and we will catch you guys down the road. Have a good one, guys. The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles,
1: and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment.